Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make a play to stop this draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Tinley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 178. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined here by my good friend and draft tech analyst, Rich Tinley. How is it going, Rich? Yeah, all good, Ian. Um... Interesting weekend uh, with the playoffs now. Uh, some good results like uh, this weekend should be pretty pretty good too. Uh, obviously, lots of rumours with the Jets and things like that too. Uh, we'll be starting. We'll be maybe looking at what players we'd be liking to bring back and things like that too. Or if there's any negotiations happening, and then obviously. The coaching moves, I suppose, with the Jets as well. Offensive coordinators required and a couple of others. Uh, so I'm sure, yeah, we'll probably have a bit of a chat about all of that. Yeah. Um, we'll start off with the coordinators. Jets are after bringing in some coordinators for uh, interviews. Um, I have a list here, though, of some names. Um, you've got Kevin Petulo from the Eagles. You've got Nick Kelly. Kelly. And the Patriots tight end coach. Um, you've Daryl Bevel from the Dolphins. Um, he's he's uh, refused the job already. You've got Marcus Brady, former Colts offensive coordinator, and uh, Hackett is another name that dropped today that the Jets are looking to interview. Now, to be honest, none of them. None of them um, coordinators tall jump out to me. To, none of them. Like Daryl Bevel. I know he's got a Super Bowl ring, but like that, he's absolutely done really nothing. When it came to offensive coordinator, he's bounced around the league. Uh, you've got Nick Kelly, Kelly from the Patriots tight end. Uh, he's never called a play in his life. He's never really been anything on a Titans coordinator for the Pats. And he's, uh, I've never really seen a, a Patriots tight end really improve to be 
anything stellar unless you want to talk about Gronk, but Gronk was a freak. He could, I think he could have, he could have done it with any team. He was that good. Um, Hackett, he was all right with uh, Green Bay. He was shite with Denver as a head coach. Um, Petulio, I don't really know him. So, what's your thoughts on that group, Rich? Yeah, kind of with you on the, for the most part. Um, a very uninspiring list, if I'm being honest. Um, I guess probably there's a guy, San Francisco, maybe. Uh, I would kind of like to see us have a look at. Uh, I think he was uh, the QB coach, and I think he's been touted around has been pretty good. So, yeah, um, he was probably one person off the list that I'd like to see on it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that uh, a few people are just refusing to even interview for the job. I think the guy from Miami, like, even refused to be interviewed for it, uh, put himself at a contention straight away. So, look, uh, you know, for me personally, I think... <clears throat> Letting the floor explore other opportunities as they put or, or fire them, whichever it was, uh, was the wrong decision. And you know, like people automatically think we're going to get a better guy in. I, I actually think he was probably one of the best up and coming young offensive coordinators in the league. Like when we were sitting at seven and two or seven and three, whatever it was, uh, you know, he was been spoken about as been like looked at by other bigger and better teams. So it. You know, we it went from that when we were doing good to like fire the guy or let him explore the opportunities. I think that was a mistake, and you know that list to me kind of confirms it. Yeah, well, for me, Rich, I said it this year, said it last year, said it at the start of uh, Salah's tenure as Jets head coach. His biggest mistake was he came in with too many rookie coaches. Um, there wasn't enough vet, well-known coaches like. You can't really blame McFlurry because he's um, he's going to take the job um, as a rookie offensive coordinator. But like that, did nobody behind him? Like Calabrese was, he's the offensive or the QB's coach. Like he's done nothing for me. Like Zach Wilson was picked number two two years ago by the Jets in the draft. And he's never really took a step forward. He's actually took steps backwards since he was drafted by the Jets. And that's what I was afraid of with rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie uh, QB coach. Now, the only thing is, like Ulrich, the DC, he's improved. So that's one good thing if you want to look at it that way. But for me, looking at it, the one guy I want is Olsen. He's uh, he's with the, the Rams at the moment. And if you look at his career, he's worked with rookie quarterbacks and improved them. He's worked with vets and improved them. He's worked twice with Carr, and he's ha and Carr's had his best career performances, career years, under Olsen as OC. Blake Bortles, with the Jaguars, his best year was under Greg Olson as well. So if the Jets are looking to bring in uh, the likes of Carr 
they'd want to have a guy like uh, Greg Olsen in as their OC. That's that's the only way I think they can entice him as uh, the quarterback. You know me, it's uh, all about the cap hit, not what stats the fella puts up. And cap yeah, just wanna, too I far to go cap, in a cap hit to win. Uh, and I think in terms of like the floor as regards saying like you're right, like Wilson hasn't improved, but he had in some aspects, like in terms of like uh, he he realised as regards throwing the ball away as opposed to interceptions, as interceptions he learned a lot about that. But also, I suppose uh, what what kind of not taken into account is a. Uh, the head the coach kind of lost a good few weeks and an opportunity to be teaching him when uh, he was out injured. So, you know, um, again, that could have been valuable time that he could have been using on the field and could have made a big difference. So, yeah, it's, again, like, I don't like to kind of use the word, but it just kind of seems like the start of another one of the Jets kind of clusterfucks where they... Are we like getting the OC here to develop a young guy, or are we getting the new quarterback here that's expensive so the OC is kind of irrelevant? You know what I mean? Like those are kind of the questions I'm asking. I'm wondering like what's happening with with the organization. And yeah, like Olson would be probably a, a good hire regardless of who we have a quarterback. But yeah, I'm sure he's a better offensive coordinator than what Mike Lafleur could have been. You know, like. We act like that the O-line hasn't been an issue. We act like, uh, you know, you can get all your passes off. All the plays that you designed is going to work when you've got two seconds instead of the required three and a half. You, you know, like, there's lots of things that go into that that I think just goes over Jet fans' heads, to be fair. And they wanted him fired. Like, they, they wanted Zach Wilson <laughs> sitting when he was winning and we were winning and we go on and I think we go one and six for the remainder of the season with the guys the Jet fans wanted in place of them and they still kind of feel like yeah you know, it's, it's, it's the New York Jets isn't it yeah um, just going back to the quarterback the the vet comment from yourself um, Woody came out last week and said look they're, they're going to spend money on a vet quarterback to come in, a top vet quarterback to come in. Now, if you're going to look at Lamar Jackson, because it looks like he wants out of Baltimore big time, um, they're going to have to come up with at least two first-round picks plus to get him in. Then they're going to have to give him at least $40 million per year guaranteed money, which is going to kill him on the cap. Because... At the moment, going into 2023, Jets have two and a half million cap space before they make any cuts. Unlike next year, they've got 112 cap space. Many players have signed, but next okay. season. Uh, for next season. Because 112 sounds a lot, but if you have 25 guys to find, then it's not that much, you yeah. know? Yeah, see, biggest mistake, I think... Um, Joe Douglas made last March was he signed the likes of Tom Tomlinson on an absolute massive um, deal. Like he's old. If he's still on the contract, if he's still on the Jets roster this season, he's owed 17 million. 
That's you. He's not. He's not eighteen. So you know what I mean. If we cut him, it's it's eighteen yeah. million of dead money. Yeah. Then you've got uh, the tight end. Um, what's his face from Cincinnati? Hamlin. Oh, it's CJ Uzama. Yeah, he's on a big cap hit as well. Like he's on yeah. a, a, in around eleven, I think. Same with Whitehead and DJ Reed. Like all the free agent signings we've made. He's on ten last and a half. summer on. Ten and a half. Term deals, like, yeah, ten and a half yeah, like, this year. Lake and Thompson's on 17 and a half. Is 14. Um, let's see. A few. CJ Mosley's on 21 and a half. Mm. He's the one contract that's kind of looking at stopping us from competing next year. It's the only bad cap hit we have like yeah. I went through the AFC and the amount of teams that have bad cap hits that I feel can't compete next year because of them like it does a lot Raxon Burris is on over 8 million Jordan Whitehead is on just over 10 million now yeah. I'll, go, I'll go through these players now uh, a few players here listed out um, you've got left tackle Brown He's on over 11 million, okay? If the Jets cut him before June 1st, they'll get six, just over 6 million. And they'll have nearly 5 million dead money. If they cut him after June 1st, they'll get nearly 10 million back. And then they'll have dead money is 1.5 million. Dead money if released post June is nearly five million. Uh, Corey Davis, um, he's just over eleven million. If you cut him now, you'll get back ten and a half million. Lawson is on nearly sixteen million. If you cut him now, you'll save f- fifteen and a half. Jordan Whitehead is on. Over just over 10 million. If you cut them now, you'll save just over seven. If you cut them, um, yeah, and you'll have nearly three million dead. Then Barrios is. Yeah, all of these, all of these cuts in, but I, like I'm even looking at Corey Davis. Well, yeah, I would cut him too, but like the question when I like I ask myself is kind of how much is it going to cost to replace him? You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, we're opening up cap space at 10 million there with Corey Davis, which obviously gives us more, but we also have now another hole that we need to fill in. Yeah. And, See, you know, it's not reason, cheap. <laughs> the biggest reason why I cut Davis is availability. He hasn't played a full season yet. Oh, I, I agree. Like, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at what Corey Davis is, which is kind of a number two guy, and he's getting paid 11.1 million next year, and you've got. Rex and Barrios at 8.2. You know, like, uh, there's only kind of one guy that I'm cutting if, if the option is to uh, save money. Like, personally, I would probably cut both, but I'm just kind of making the point. How much then do we speculate replacing these guys, you know, because that's not going to come cheap. No. Well, Barrios is just over 8 million. If you cut him hmm. before June or any time, you'll save 5 million. Um, Lincoln Thompson 17 
Uh, if you released him post June, you're saving just over 14 million. Uh, you save yeah. 8.8, and that's kind of what I would be doing with, with yeah. Tomlinson, to be fair. Azuma, you've got cap number is just over the 10 mark. If you cut him now, you'll save just over 1 million. If you cut him, that's, a, that's 1 million extra, yeah. And post so, like that, pre June, the dead money is going to be 11.5 million. If it's post June, it's going to be uh, right. uh, post June, post June. Dead money is going to be nine, so you can't really cut them. Okay. And that's kind of a little bit the same. Where like DJ Mosley, you can't cut him. Franklin Myers. Well, he's on twelve and a half. If you cook CJ Mosley post June, you save seventeen million. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. Yeah, but, sorry. What, what, what are you going to spend it on at post-June force? Do you know what I mean? Like, free agency exactly. is kind of over at that stage, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, then you've got John Franklin Myers. He's 12.5 million. If you release him pre-June, it's just over seven. If you release him post-June... It's eight hundred thousand, so he'll be still on board. So, mm, I don't know. I think I have yeah, a feeling. Say, when you go through the, when you go through what you're cutting, like those guys, you can't like Tomlinson. You can't like anybody basically that you signed last off season, with kind of the exception of Barrios and. Um, let me just check it, Tyler Conklin. Although, yeah, you can. Cup post June, he's a three point one save, and he's a one point four pre June. So yeah, like he's not worth cutting. You're looking at Davis and Carl Lawson are kind of the two guys that yeah. opens up a lot of cap space there. That Barrios as well as another five. Yeah. You've got CJ Mosley at six, but yeah, like he's a seventeen million uh, cap save and post June force. Now I'd love to try and maybe get his cap figure this year down to a more manageable 14 or 15 yeah. million maybe just and kind of open up cap space that way because I do think he's a, a good player but at 21.5 yeah. million he's I'm just wondering, expensive you know I'm just wondering if the Jets in round one drafted a tackle okay you've got Beckton coming back you've got mm -hmm. and seemingly there's good good there's good talk about uh, Beckton at the moment um Looking well, um, you've got Max Max as well. He's due to come back. So they might look at the tackle position post-June and they could end up cutting Brown. Um, Lawson, I think, might get cut. Whitehead, question mark. I, I'd say they could look into redoing his... Um, contract because they don't really have a decent safety on, on board at the moment Braxton Barrios I think they'll cut Bryce Hall may, I'm feeling they might cut Bryce Hall and they might cut Brennan Mann because Mann at the moment hasn't played well since his rookie season and there's no sign of uh, Bryce Hall getting a look in 
even though you mentioned last week you wouldn't mind seeing him being tried out with pre-safety. Yeah, like, I think he's got the, the intangibles for sure. So, yeah, I'd like to give him a look out uh, at free safety because he does seem to be, be behind a lot of quality players now at the cornerback position. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're looking like you're looking to extend Huff. You're looking to extend Quinn and Williams. You'll need cap. If you're going to bring in a veteran quarterback, you're going to need cap as well. The players are going to get caught. Well, there's two things. The last two things you said are two things that I wouldn't do. What's that? I wouldn't bring in a vet quarterback and, and I wouldn't extend Quinn and Williams. Well, that sounds like what they're doing is bringing in a vet. And well, got, it sounds like they're going to extend Quinn and Williams as well. Yeah, like a, for me, it's kind of a, a typical kind of Jets thing to do. Like they look at the playoffs and see six of the seven teams have got young, cheap quarterbacks, and the Jets' solution to their problems is bring in an old, expensive guy. That kind of sounds about as New York Jets as it gets, doesn't it? Yeah, but see, the biggest problem now with the Jets, Salah has a team there. He's got a defense there. He's got the makings of a, an offense, an offensive line to come back from injury. He can add to the offense, like so can Joe, uh, Joe Douglas. But the problem is, they're running out of time. When he's back, they're going to bring in a vet to, to extend their their lifespan as the Jets brass. If you get me, where. They still, it sounds like they're still going to hold on to Zach because he was number two overall pick. But I have a feeling this year depends on what to do with the quarterback position. Depends what picks they have. I have a feeling later on in the draft they're going to they're going to draft the quarterback. So if, uh, if, if the front office is now instead of uh, building a team to win a Super Bowl, they're building a team to save their jobs. Yeah. What makes you think they're doing the right things, Ian? Um, at the moment, I I don't see, I don't see it. I think they're trying to set, you know, prolong prolong their lifespan as Jets brass at the moment. Yeah, but that's probably only because they have a a head or um, an owner, excuse me, that doesn't understand. Like you know what I mean? You get a vocal bit of the fan base that don't realise that the fan that we were winning with and they call to be benched. And then on their recommendation, they basically threw in the rest of the season. And like our owner still thinks these fellas know what they're talking about. Exactly. The mind boggles. <laughs> exactly. The li- that's the life of a Jeff fan. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Um... This shit. Yeah, like I, I look at like Ian, what, what we have, like, you know, like, we have a fan base that thinks that we're a win-now team. I encourage our fan base to look at a replay of the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. They're a win-now team and spot the difference to us. Because for me to be a win-now team like we think we are, we have to dominate in the trenches. And we haven't dominated in the trenches on offense in over a decade. 
you know? So, like, I don't know where this stuff is coming from. Well, like, you look at the teams even that got ahead of us in the playoff this year. You've got Cincinnati, you've got LA, you've got Miami, you've got the Ravens, all young quarterbacks, all a couple of years ahead of us in terms of where the team has been developed. Like, I mean, we are this year where Miami are last year. You know, where we are this year, where the Chargers kind of were last year. And they didn't panic and they didn't go, oh, crap, we, sh- we should be better. They had the understanding that, yeah, that's probably right where we are. We we couldn't really build a team in one year that's going to overtake these guys that finished ahead of us. But if we keep, I suppose, building the rust and keeping and sticking to the plan that we're using, then I don't see, like what the panic is. The only panic is coming from Jet fans and because Woody Johnson listens to them, then there's a bit of a panic, you know, and media, of course, obviously has a huge hand in that too, like I feel with regards to like creating narratives, they want to like get clicks and they think, oh, spending 50 million on Lamar Jackson is a, a smart bit of business for any team when, you know, the reality see, is that's a franchise-killing move by anybody that does that. See, the worst thing with Lamar Jackson is he's never won a playoff game. He's never finished out a full season either. Uh, like Patrick Mahomes on fifty million is a yeah. franchise killer. Not just yeah. you know Jackson because he he hasn't done this. Super Bowl winners like Rus- Russell Wilson on fifty million franchise killer. You know, you pick any quarterback that has won a Super Bowl, put them on fifty million million cap and have a look at what a team with a rookie's getting for that 50 million and you'll see why them guys are absolute franchise killers. <laughs> Tell me this, what would your plan be? Uh, my plan, like, I would obviously try and keep Quinn and Williams for another year and trade them uh, rather than pay them a big contract that's up, going to be over 20 million a year. I'd hopefully get a couple of first round draft picks the same kind of deal we got for Adams. Uh, I would look at maybe bringing back, back White a quarterback. Um, I would look at maybe somebody like Bridgewater or Mayfield to kind of come in and compete with White as the number one. You have either a cheap number one either way. You've got a half-decent backup either way. And if you want to keep going with Wilson, you give him a year to sit on the bench. And then you've got him in position to then see what he can do as Fortier. But if I was doing it, if I could get us the same kind of a trade deal that I got for Sam Darnold, I, I, I'd still go at White and, and Mayfield, but I, I'd draft a new rookie this year to sit him. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's kind of what I would do. I'd like to see can like a new guy develop because, you know, if Wilson even walks out, he's entering kind of the last year of his rookie deal when we find out because he's not going to play year three if all goes well. So we'll be coming in year four where you have to decide before that whether you're going to give the fifth year option. And then like year four is basically the end of his cheap year. So that's the end of what he's useful for at this franchise. So I don't see like a huge reason to keep him. At least if you go with a rookie developing for a year on the bench. When he comes in, he's year two. You've got another three years at least with him to have low cap 
hit to keep your your roster stronger to actually win it all, you know? Yeah. Well, for me, if the Jets are going to bring back White, as you were saying, we're going to have Zach there. Definitely drafting a guy later on. Uh, like the, the only guy I really want later on is Jake Hayner from uh, Fresno. Dude's a baller. I'm not really even talking about later on, Ian. If we want to draft a guy at 13 and sit, why not? Well, like if me, one of the top three or four quarterbacks end up falling to us at 13 and we think, yeah, if we could sit him for a year, build a good old line and let him come in like where he's uh, got a lot of uh, surrounding talent to help him to oh, be developed after a year of sitting on the bench. I don't right. see why that doesn't work yeah. out well, regardless of whether you pick him at 13 or not. You've got Bryce Young. Bryce Young, I think, is going to go number one. You've got CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud's going to go number two. You've got Will Levis. one would be uh, if we trade Quinn and Williams to Chicago. Like, will Chicago get somebody as good as Quinn and Williams for that first overall pick? I doubt it. You know. Uh, then you've got you know. Will Levis, Kentucky. He's going to go top ten as well. And then you're left with Anthony Richardson, which I think is absolute muck. Um, after that, you've got guys Stanford. later on. Stanford. Away from Stanford uh, would be st- somebody I might look at in, in the likes of round two for sure. I can't think Tanner of his McKee. name now off the top of my head. Tanner McKee. That's the guy, yeah. He's, he, yeah. I think he's six, got a bit six. of like, you know, like, but you look at like, uh, again, all these guys about what you think they are going to be. And like, it's all about where you plant the seed in, like, the, the fertiliser, like the, the talent around it, always helps develop the, the seed better. And some of those guys that we don't like and we rightfully don't like don't turn out to be good. <clears throat> when they go on to a good team or not, then you kind of know. But there's a lot of teams that are, I suppose, not an ideal landing spot for a rookie quarterback in terms of having enough talent around them to develop quickly. And but- that's mostly sort of teams in the top five. Those top five quarterbacks, it's very, very rare you actually get a team with a roster around it, like, you know, picking that high that has that sort of where they come in straight away. Like, you look at Mahomes, he was drafted, I think, eighth or tenth overall or something like that. And he sat for it the guts of a year. Um, yeah. I'm thinking there's somebody else as well. Um, off the Eagles, he was sat for the guts of a year as well. I think he played in the, the last three or four games of the year. Yeah. And he looks to be coming along fine too. So, so anybody we could potentially get a 13 to play quarterback if any of them fell. Yeah, I, I would be okay with taking them there and, and sitting them for a year and rolling them with two kind of cheap older guys. Well, my, like for me, I. In round one, it's offensive tackle. It's either Skaronski, Paris Johnson, or Broderick Jones. And then, like, in round two, it's uh, John Michael Schmidt. I think Schmitz. Schmitz? Schmitz? From uh, Minnesota. Or as uh, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. It, that, they're the guys I want in round one and two. Um, I haven't really decided on anybody yet, like in terms of a plan for the draft or 
what I would really do, as I said, other than if I could get a second for Zach Wilson, I'd trade him. If I could get two first round picks for Quinn and Williams, I'd trade him. And yeah, like we need obviously O line, we need um, quarterback, uh, definitely a quarterback to develop. So, well, for yeah, me, whichever fits best of both picks in the first two rounds, that's kind I mean, of the way I'd go. And I'd probably add wide receiver into the equation if you take out Davis. Yeah, well, I'm for. To be honest now, I wouldn't trade Quinn and Williams because Jets are going to have a shitload of cap next year. So they're going to have plenty of cap for Quinn and there. Um, the reason why I would, Ian, is because all them guys that are getting paid like Quinn and Williams uh, watch every single Super Bowl at home like us. So like, if we want a team to play in it, keeping fellas like that off your books seems to be the way to do it. Well, that didn't work out. Well, it worked out well for the Rams. They've had their big, you no, know, their big tackle, their big uh, defensive tackle. They paid guys yeah, they on paid fourteen pitch. million. They paid him fourteen million a year. He, he was a fourteen million cap hit last year when he won it. Just like Jalen Ramsey was a nine million cap hit this year. The twenty three million for Ramsey and I think twenty six and a half for for uh, for Aaron Donald and they've won five games. And then you've got like, San Francisco. San Francisco, Sorry? after winning their first game in the playoffs, they've guys all over the pitch being paid. No, they actually haven't. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll take. I'll get San Francisco up and and, and show you. All right, go maybe on. McCaffrey. I don't know what way his cap hit walks out. Um, you've got arms of. Uh, Sorry. You've got the big the uh, the defensive tackle. You've got their defensive end. Also, yeah. You've got... Yeah, one second. Yeah, you've got the inside linebacker. Right, this should be interesting. Now I need a sport track for them. Let me see. Yeah, like they have a few good players, but let me... Have a look, 2022. Jimmy, so Jimmy you have, um, so the highest cap hit this year is Jimmy Ward at 12.9 million. In. Jimmy Garoppolo's next at 12.6. Jimmy you Ward Mike is McGlinchey at 10.8. You've got Nick Bosa at 10.8. Trent Williams, 9.6. Uh, Armstead at 9.5. Kittle at 7.3 million, Debo Samuel 6.8 million. And I'll just go through the just make sure that there's not any big ones on the um, injury reserve. What's the fullback? What's the fullback? What's the fullback? The fullback, let me see. Um, uh, 2.9, 3 million, we may as well say, for Kyle Juszak this year. That's a deal. Whoa, whoa, Kittle, did you say? Kittle was 7.3, if I recall that. Yeah, 7 point, but yeah, it's say 7.4, 7.389. The Jets are so, paying. as you can see, like, uh, that's what type of cap hits is required for a good side. They don't have those 20, 25 million cap hits like we're planning on giving Quinn and Williams. So, if just kind of shows you don't need 
need them because like you know what I mean like you could pay Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Bosa what you could potentially pay Lamar Jackson and actually you could add, add in, uh, George Kittle for that too so you know what I mean from the from this 49ers this year they're getting a lot for 40 million regardless of how you sort of add it up and yeah there's no way you can kind of compete with big big figures I didn't know Juris the full back was in the, the NFL 10 years. Yeah, and he's probably the best full back there is. Sports Social Podcast Network.